Hi, I'm Jerome Davis. I'm the Artistic Director of Burning Coal Theatre Company, and I have uh, two very special guests with us today, uh, Susanna Huff and David Henderson from Honest Pint Theatre. Um, Honest Pint uh, is uh, uh, in the middle of uh, the same storm that the rest of us are and uh, dealing with um, what we hope, knock on wood, will be a once-in-a-lifetime uh, event. Um, so I wanted to just start out with you guys uh, telling us a little bit about the company. Tell me, uh, David, you and Susanna uh, run the company jointly. I think uh, Susanna was there from the start or, or, uh, or joined you later on after it began. After, after, I think we were what, four years old and uh, Susanna three. was three, three. Okay. <laughs> Susanna was the, the right person to, to come in and, uh, yeah. and, and help push it forward. Cause as you know, running a company is, yeah. you can't do it on your own and it's hard enough for two people. It's a lonely, uh, lonely enterprise under any circumstances. Uh, so tell me a little bit about the company. Um, guys, what, uh, what do you like to do? What kinds of things are you trying to accomplish with the company? Um, Suzanne, you want to take that one? You've got a good. Well, we just, we attempt to do shows that kind of tell the human story, the good, the bad, the ugly, the pretty. Uh, we tend to do more intimate shows. Um, we haven't done a big musical yet, although Georgia McBride came pretty close. close. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we just try to hold a mirror up to nature. That is, that is our motto. Good. Yeah. And I think Jerry, I think one of the other key things that we, we've always tried to do is, uh, is with the idea of an honest pint is giving audiences what they pay for. Like the concept of that, of, an, of the, honest pint comes from England where they have a standard measure of what a pint is. Mm -hmm. And in America, we don't have that. So you sit down at a restaurant and order a pint of beer and you can get 12 ounces as opposed to 16. It's 12 mm -hmm. ounces of beer and four ounces a head. And you're oh, like, wait man. a minute, I, yeah. I want that other four ounces. So, so it's really important for us in the work we choose, not just, not just the stories we choose, but the way we tell those stories that audiences come in and see their ticket price on stage and we're able to turn that in and pay, pay the actors, pay the designers so that uh, we're creating a quality product that re, re, that meets that measure that allows us to hold the mirror up to nature as Susanna says and, and, and have people go, wow, that's, I'm impacted. Good. That's good. Full out, uh, full out. The only way, the only way to go. Um, what, what have you, uh, what hurdles have you experienced so far? Where are you in, in the middle of the coronavirus uh, epidemic, uh, David? Um, well, uh, I, I, I'll, 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 yeah, we are smack dab in the middle of it. Uh, and, uh, you know, we had a show slated to open April 17th and mm -hmm. Susanna and I were both in it. Now, Understand that while, while all of this is going on and the decisions making, Susanna is out in California playing Blanche in Los Angeles. So she's going through it from a, not just a producer about to get in and involved in it. She's in the midst of it as a performer as well. And we, as a company, Susanna and I had to have conversations about postponing our show, which we have postponed until yeah. August at this point. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't, while it was not a hard decision, it wasn't an easy decision because there were so many pieces to it. Right. And, and that was just from the producer side. And Susanna can tell you exactly what it was like to be wearing both hats during that period of time. 
Susanna, have, have you been able to put the pieces back together for the fall? For Honest Pint? Yeah, yeah. Well, yes. I mean, we're basically, we had another slot available to us in August and September um, at Pure Life Theater. And so we're just going to go forward with our April show, which is Small Mouth Sounds. Yeah. And we'll do that in August, and hopefully, as were. long as Pure Life Theater is still operational. Yeah. Still operational, yeah. And, and the people who were involved are all going to be able to, to make Everybody's it. still in at yeah. this point. We're very lucky. Everyone's stuck by us, but that's probably because everything else was canceled too, you know? Yeah. So yeah. anyway, we can only take this a day at a time and we can only solve our problems one at a time. David and I are good at doing that. It's not the first time, you know, and it won't be the yeah. last. Yeah. And yeah. We'll just take it as it comes, but we're very lucky. We have a, a really great company assembled for this show and I hope they all stick with us. We're very excited to have them with us. And if, one of them can't, then we'll figure it out. And you were doing a streetcar in Los Angeles, is that? And I was, yeah. What sure happened was. there? <laughs> did, the, did the production well, finish its run? We got two weeks into the run and it got shut down, of course, because, you know, Gavin Newsom in California was really pretty proactive and no. understanding he is the most populated state in the country in LA, you know, so anyway, we got shut down and um, I had to catch an earlier flight home. I, I could have stayed, but I didn't want to because I was very worried about getting home to North Carolina to my family. And sure. um, so I hopped a, an earlier flight and got home, thank God. And here I am. Good, good. <laughs> it's just unfortunate. It was sad. We were just finding our, our footing and, and yeah. then bam, closed. Yeah, that's too bad. That's uh, that sounds like an extraordinary experience. I, I'm glad you got. Yeah, two it really it. was. Yeah. Well, sad, um, so uh, so what's what does the future look like? So you're moving this show, Small Mouth Sounds, to August. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about that, or do you want to talk about what other kinds of things you're involved with in the coming uh, months? Yeah, I think that we're, as Susanna says, we're we're taking it day by day and trying to and and everything. We're very lucky because we, like Blanche, we've always depended on the kindness of strangers, and uh, we yeah. we're very lucky that Pure Life, we had already had um, another slot with them. Yeah. Uh, and and you know that was a big part of our consideration was talking to Deb and the people there because. It's not just about us saying no to this. Sh hey, we can't do this show. It's saying no to paying Deb rent. Right. Right. And, and that was a loss we, for Deb for us yeah, to not and be we able were, to do our show. And we weren't the only show. So thankfully, we were able to shift this this show, which we have been trying to produce for what two years uh, almost. Oh, uh, but yeah, a about year, year and a half. half yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and now we're able to do it, and we're sh we're shifting it, but it impacts kind of what we were gonna, you know, the next show we were gonna do. How the right. dominoes fall, we still right. haven't figured out yet. Yeah. yeah. Did you have a, a subscription uh, this year, guys? Uh, were you did you have a subscriber audience, or, or were you selling tickets one show at a time? We don't do that. Okay. Yeah, per We've show. We've never done that. Mm -mm. That probably puts you in a in a better position because now you're not having to. 
force things. We're having to put our our last show of this season smack dab up against the next, the first show of next season, and I suspect that's going to right. create some confusion in the part of some oh. of our audiences. Yeah. Well, and exhaustion too for you yeah. and your staff. You yeah. know, yeah. not. Yeah you know, trying to catch up some kind of break in all of this is impossible, right? It really and is. Suzanne and I are very aware and, and of, of how, I'll say, quote, lucky, unquote, we are in that we don't have a space that we're, you know, we're trying to fill all the time yeah. and, and all of that unlike some of the other companies that do have larger overhead, I mean, burning coal is one of them. You've got staff, you've got uh, subscription base and all of that. So our challenges through this are, are, are different than say playmakers or burning coal or triad stage. Yeah. Um, we're fig we're trying to figure out how we can be good partners within the community of artists so that when all of this comes back, we're all kind of, stronger and better as a result of it and not um i mean it's it, it's not we lose the opportunity to get our work in front of people which helps us grow audience base uh which is which is frustrating but it's also the right thing to do in the right time and uh yeah. but we're we're not we're not losing sleep well, over rent right and yeah, the venues that have been kind enough to us to open their doors to us through the years, we need yes. to keep supporting them in any way we can. Now, mm -hmm. you know, we just, whatever we can do to help them keep their doors open is really important right now. Right. Because if we don't have venues to play in, it, it, none of this matters. They're right? in very short supply so, in this area. Mm -hmm. They were already there. in short supply. Yeah. yeah. And then we lost Man Bites and we lost Common Ground. Mm -hmm. uh, we lost uh, Paul Frelick's theater in um, yeah. uh, Ch Chapel Hill and, um, and REP uh, seven or eight years ago. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, um, so there have been, and there haven't been that many just come along to take it, take their places. Um, and, and I don't know where the infrastructure is. What is this moment? I, I know that you two are among the, deeper thinkers about the industry as a whole and not just uh, the next show, you know, which is something that we all too often get trapped into. What does this moment tell us about uh, our society and about its support or lack thereof of the arts? Do you have thoughts on that, either of you? Well, I think, uh, first of all, yeah. like immediately you just realize how much we depend on the arts, you know, you're sequestered in your home now and what are you doing all day you're watching tv <laughs> you know, you're watching movies you're watching shows yeah. like that's the first place you turn is to artists maybe reading a and book. you probably never even thought of it that way the general right. public probably never even thought of that yeah but that's what we're doing are you reading a book you're supporting yeah. an artist right right, right. Yeah. so that's where we turn and we're going to need to keep this in mind and keep supporting the arts through this pandemic this crisis because that's where we turn for comfort right for interest and when it's all over who's going to tell the story of, of this I it's going to right. be an artist a connection uh, to um, it, it you know the stories that people listen to are stories about how other human beings respond in certain circumstances uh, david you were going to add to that well i i think Sus Susanna hit the nail on the head and and i think that 
and I've said this in, in some discussions recently about it is I think what it says about our society is a lot of times people take for granted that the arts just happen. Yeah. Like people, people think that a show at burning coal or a show at honest pint, it's going to open April 17th and they're going to show up. They're going to, they've got their ticket. They get their playbill. The lights go down. They love the show. The lights come up and they go home and they don't realize that for a year and a half before 10 months before six weeks before all of the work effort and, and cost both human capital and, and real capital that goes into creating what they just witnessed and, and what they paid $30 or $20 or whatever to see. And they, they, they walk away and they go, that was a great evening. Not, not realizing that you, Susanna, myself, uh, anybody who's doing this has spent you, if you extrapolated out the amount of time we put in to create a show, yeah. we get paid sub minimum wage. Right. And, and I think that it, yeah. it, it shows that society takes for granted yeah. the, the arts. And I don't, I'm not saying that in a negative way. I think something like this makes us hyper aware of when an institution, the size of playmakers or NCT starts canceling seasons and, and or postponing shows and stuff like that. And you realize, wait a minute, their bills are still coming in. Yeah. If they go away, that's a massive gap, like the symphony. I mean, I think about yeah. that all the time is what happens when we don't have a North Carolina symphony because players are under contract too. So the symphony correct. has to pay them. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I do believe people are finding ways uh, to, to get by and finding ways to communicate, um, which was mm -hmm. the reason I wanted to do these interviews with people. I just wanted everybody to hear e each other's voices and uh, know that we're thinking about things. Let's close with small mouth sounds. Uh, what, what the hell is that about? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that it's sounds like something piece. I do in my sleep. What, what are we talking about here? Yeah, it's an ensemble piece about a group of people who go to a silent spiritual retreat mm -hmm. and they're not allowed to speak and so it's several days of them being at this retreat center with each other getting to know each other some of them are thrown together in their sleeping huts and they're total strangers mm -hmm. uh, there's two characters that know each other um, and uh, they have to communicate non-verbally so the, it's a full-length play and the script's only about 20-something pages. Yeah, yeah. Because it's read a it lot, most of it's done in silence. It's quite interesting. Will, will the yeah. audience be a part of that at all? Will they be uh, participating, or is it going to be a... a no. It's, mm -hmm. it's not a... There is one character, the spiritual guru, the teacher, is um, the seventh character, and that actor is actually never on stage, but you hear them guiding the people through their spiritual <laughs> retreat nice. and it's it's funny and it's poignant and it's it's sweet and it's it's all the things and it's such a great piece it's it's uh it's, and it's a wonderful acting exercise and directing yeah. exercise so we're really excited and, and interestingly enough coming out of what we're going through right now It'll be interesting to see audiences' reactions to it because, you know, we are now sequestered in a lot of ways. Our contact with humanity is lessened. I mean, this type of thing, Zoom and, you know, phone conversations and text is great, but I, it's forcing us to slow down and focus on what's right in front of us as opposed to what's way out. And a show like Small Mouth Sounds 
Oh, I think audiences are going to bring an entirely unique perspective into it in August yep. than they would have in April. That's him. Had none of this happened. Well, we'll uh, we'll look forward to that very much. Uh, and thank you guys for joining us today. On thank the, you, Jerry. Thanks, and, Jerry. Uh, look forward to, to seeing more of the Honest Pint in the fall. Take care. All right. Thank Stay you. safe and healthy. Take care. You too. Bye, guys. Bye.